I'm happy, things are okay, I can manage. Man, we live like that, though. Oh, we do. We like, we're like saying, oh, I'm good for right now. No, no, no. I want to be like, I want to be gluttonous spiritually in a godly way. Like, I want to want more and want more and want more and long for more and not be satisfied. Not in an unthankful way, like, oh, what you gave me is not enough. Eh, I need more. Not that kind of, you know. I, I just want to be like, oh, what you gave me is so good that if you got more, I'll take it, you know. So, because we, he said he'll give us his spirit without measure. Why don't you say that with me? God said he would give me his spirit without measure. You know what that means? When he says, I will give you my spirit without measure, we determine how much we get. Some of us think, well, oh, that person's really sweet and they have a good personality, so God decided to give them more. No, they decided to take more. <laughs> they decided to take more. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they will be filled. How do, you, how do you measure if something's full or not? Till it overflows. It's not full until something's coming out of it. Ah. Oh, this is going to be a fun day. You know what we're going to talk about today? Magic. Come on. I, this this went this happened. This was accidental. Wednesday night, coincidental. It just happened Wednesday, um, and we're gonna just talk about the the kingdom of God is a magical kingdom. Hmm. I better stop because I have I want Kyle. To, Kyle has a testimony, and so we love you, Kyle. Come up, and give us a great testimony. Man, I love him. I love Kyle so much that even if he wasn't my brother, I would love him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't you all. <laughs> I would okay. even want him to be the worship pastor if he wasn't my brother. <laughs> Good. I'm going to read Matthew 20 real quick, 1 through 15. Wait, yeah. 1 through 16. Real quick, and before I give the testimony, because this sets it up, because the testimony is a little crazy. It has a wild ending but I want you to get what happened, okay? All right, a story about workers. I'm reading from the message. <clears throat> God's kingdom is like an estate manager who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. They agreed on a wage of a dollar a day and went to work. Later, about 9 o'clock, the manager saw some other men hanging around the town square unemployed. He told them to go work in his vineyard, and he would pay them their fair wage. So they went. He did the same thing at noon and again at 3 o'clock. At 5 o'clock, he went back and found still others waiting. He said, why are you standing around all day doing nothing? They said, because no one hired us. He told them to go work in his vineyard. When the day's work was over, the owner of the vineyard instructed his foreman, call the workers in and pay them their fair wages. Start with the last hired and go on to the first. This is a great scripture. Those hired at five o'clock came up and were each given a dollar. When those who were hired first saw that, they assumed that they would get far more. But they got the same, each of them one dollar. Taking the dollar, they groused angrily to the manager. 
These last workers put only one easy hour, and you just made them equal to us. We slaved all day under the scorching sun. He replied to the one speaking for the rest, Friend, I haven't been unfair. We agreed on the wage of a dollar, didn't we? So take it and go. I decided to give to the one who came last the same as you. Can't I do what I want with my own money? Are you going to get stingy because I am generous? Here it is again, the great reversal. Many of the first ending up last in the last first. Okay, here's the crazy story. This happened at um, my, my dad's, one of his best friends, John Price is his name. And if you know the name John Price, it's because his dad is uh, the Dallas. He's the county commissioner, John Wiley Price, his son. Um, but he has a church, and uh, they were there one night, and it was near the end of the service, and there was this couple, this boyfriend and girlfriend, that were there, and um, I'm guessing she was just in the back, the girlfriend. And he, he walked up to John and said, will you please pray, pray for her? Something's going on. Something, you know, something's happening to her. So they went back and started praying for her, and all these demons started manifesting. So she was, she was demon-possessed. So what they did is they did what you do. You go to town. You <laughs> they were like, all right. <laughs> so they prayed for her. And five demons came out of her, okay? <laughs> That's cool. Five demons came out of her. And here's where it gets crazy. The last one came out, and they said she stood up, and she lifted her hands. And um, she lifted her hands and praised God. They said for, you know, 30 seconds or a minute. And she fell over and died right there in church. And... Um, they thought at first that she had just fallen out in the spirit. But they went down, they called the ambulance, all this stuff, and she was dead there. And I couldn't help but think of that story in Matthew 20, how amazing God's grace is that this woman could worship him for 30 seconds. And she gets the same reward. You know, we think of it, we think of it that it's a tragedy that she died. The way I, the way, the way I feel is that she was probably going to die anyways. And God said, one more chance. And he said, I'm not letting you go. I don't care how long you love me. I was talking to Sarah about it last night. And, um. I said, what amazing love is it that we can hurt him a million times, but the one time that we call on his name is the thing that he's looking the most forward to. And, um, I mean, I want to sit on this for a little bit. Like, like that's grace that. So I want, I want us to get grace. Like I want us to get love. Um, well, I can't say anything else. 
in the old covenant, you could do 99 good things and do one bad thing, and you were called guilty. In the new covenant, you can do 99 bad things and do one good thing, and you're counted free. Huh. Who doesn't want to be a Christian? Come on. Who wouldn't want to be a Christian? And those are the odds and the deal. So we don't tell them that's the deal. We hide the deal behind a bunch of crap. But that's the deal. That's the good news of the kingdom. He saves and he heals and he delivers. And all it takes is one. <laughs> what a great story. Oh, it's, and it's a real story. And it just happened this last week. And people we know. And, you know, I, I got something else out of it as well that I, I wanted to tag on. That the man, the usher, that recognized that she needed prayer. The, the person that was just in the church sitting next to her and recognized something was off, something was wrong. He heard God's heart and he responded. And because of his obedience, he gets a reward. He gets a reward for it. God's the rewarder. He rewards us when we do, when we do right things, when we obey him. And I just thought, God, have I, have I ever missed an opportunity? You know, I don't want to anymore. I'm sorry for all the ones I did, 99 that I did wrong. But from now on, I'm going to do the right thing, you know, and those are forgotten. And, and I want us to be a church that, that hears his heart. Whether I'm at the grocery store, whether I'm at the DP Department of Public Safety waiting in line, frustrated, like, come on, there's got to be a better way to do this, right? In the middle of that, I want to hear God's heart for the people around me, not just... Am I, do I have enough to pay for this? And do I, am I worried and so engulfed with my needs and my cares and my worries? And there's a God in heaven that's trying to show his love to us. And his kingdom is a magical kingdom where magic happens. This is my definition of magic. Where miracles happen, where nothing is impossible, and where dreams come true. Do you believe in magic? This story was a story of magic. It was a magical thing to happen. It was a beautiful thing. You know, this morning I was, I was talking to Josiah, and I was like, guess what you get to learn about in, in, in kids' church today? He's like, what? It's like, you get to learn about magic. And he's like, ooh, magic's bad. And I thought, I've done a horrible job as a parent. Magic is not bad. ha. <laughs> The world's definition of magic is not good, but there had to be good magic first. And when you hear the word magic, don't freak out. Magic means miracles happen, nothing's impossible, and dreams come true. I don't want to live in a world where there's no magic. I, I wrote this yesterday, and I want to I just tell you, there's no more meager of an existence than a soul attempting to survive in a world without magic. The worst thing we could do is to teach our kids about a God who saved um, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael from the fiery furnace, the three Hebrew children, to tell them about a God who delivered a Daniel from a, from a lion's den, to tell them about a God who took a woman named Esther and saved a whole nation, to tell them stories about a little boy named David who was just a shepherd and had really no skills except he was good with a slingshot and at writing poetry and playing instruments, takes that kid and slays a giant that delivers the whole nation 
then makes him the king of Israel, and then says when Jesus comes back to sit on his throne, it's going to be called the throne of David, to tell our kids of all these stories and them not see any of them happen. It's torture to live in a world with no magic. I just, we have to go for this as a church. There has to be magic happen. There has to be miracles. There has to be uh, impossibilities bowing to the name of Jesus. There has to be the, 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 the dreams of people's hearts coming true. We have to be able to offer people a piece of magic. I love fairy tales and I love stories. I love it. I love the magic and the fairy dust and all the stuff. Don't, I'm, I'm a real man, but you know, I love those stories. I love it because there's always the good side and the dark side. And I love it because good always wins. And I want our kids to be raised in a world that, that they, they know magic exists. And I want them to have a value for magic. And it was, I know Jonathan taught this last week in the class, the Living Free class, on, on having a value for the supernatural. You go into a, a third world country, or you go to Haiti, or you go to an island country, or to a place in Africa, or in India, or anywhere around the world, and they believe in magic. They believe in the supernatural because it's in their face. They see it. They don't have to know how to explain what's going on. They experienced supernatural stuff, and it's real. You can't tell them, oh, witch doctors are evil and, and, and they don't know anything. Yeah, they do. They know that they can go to the witch doctor and he can do something for them. But us arrogant in the Western culture, we want to think everything through. We want to take knowledge and, and we have no value for magic. We have no value for the supernatural. So we don't see it. If in, in churches... All over, and Jonathan can tell us because he's been there more. I've been in places, I've seen it myself. They start worshiping God. People with demonic influences in their life can't sit still. Stuff, they, they come out of them. They manifest because there's, they, there's a value in their culture for the supernatural. There's a value for it. And, and I've heard countless missionaries, they come to America and they're like, it's so strange. You come to America, and we know that there are demon-possessed people in our churches, yet we never see them manifest. We never see them say, uh, the, the demons say, hey, don't torture me before my time kind of stuff. Because <laughs> we don't have a value for the supernatural, so we don't see it. We live in a world with no magic. We tell kids that their dreams don't come true. We tell young adults, don't dream too big because you'll get your hopes up and it'll hurt your heart. It'll crush you. Don't dream too big. We tell our teenagers, yeah, that's a good dream, but water it down a little bit because it's impossible for you to do that thing. We tell people that want to start businesses, start really small. Don't, don't start too big because it'll crush it. It'll fall in on it. Everything we say is to take the magic out of the world. Everything we do in our culture, in our church culture especially, is to take the magic out of everything. You know, I know one thing Matilda prays for every time we're together. She prays that we have a spirit of discernment. In a world with no magic, you don't need discernment. So the American church has lost its discernment because there's nothing to discern between good magic, bad magic. There's no need because there's no magic. And I want to be a weird church. 
Weird means supernatural, by the way. Magic means supernatural, by the way. I want to be a weird church that dabbles in magic. And I hope, I hope people hear this, podcasters, see the sermon. I'm going to title it Magic just to make people crazy. <laughs> I got to hear what he's talking about. He's talking about magic. I knew he was crazy. I am crazy. If we don't see magic, if we don't see the supernatural, if we don't experience it, then what are we even here for? <laughs> He's the same God. Say that with me. He's the same God. He's the same God who came upon David. He's the same God that, that stirred Esther's heart for her people. He's the same God that was walking around in the fiery furnace when they were having a party and they didn't even smell like smoke and their clothes were perfect, nothing wrong. He's the same God. He wants to demonstrate his kingdom in the same fashion today. There are more opportunities for magic now than there have ever been opportunities for magic. There are more marriages falling apart. There are more kids that don't have a connection to their families. There there are more people bound with addictions and drugs and all these things in life. There are more opportunities for magic now than ever. Yet we we leave magic to Disney. I want to be a Disney church. (laughs) I know Mark and and the Armour family would love the Disney church. We have the Disney church. I would love to be that kind of a church where people know that if those people there know how to do magic. Those people there know how to see miracles happen. They know how to cause impossibilities to bow to the name of Jesus. They know how to help dreams come true. I think it was maybe a year and a half ago or so, Amber gave that word that we're supposed to be weird and that it's okay. And when she gave it, I was like, okay, I don't really know the fullness of what that means. And then we looked up the word weird, and she's like, it means to be supernatural. And I'm like, okay, I want to be weird. (laughs) I definitely want to be weird. And so we had a a meeting, and I just want to talk to you from my heart, because from here on out, we're going for the weird. Okay? We're going for the magic. We had an awesome meeting Thursday with the, he's, he and his wife are the regional um, leaders for Sozo Ministry. And Sozo is Saved, Healed, Delivered. It's Inner Healing Ministry, which we have a Sozo Ministry um, that originated at Bethel. And we're part of Global Legacy that's connected to Bethel Church. And this man is the regional director for all those that are connected with Bethel in, in North Texas. We had a meeting with him on Thursday. <clears throat> and one of the really cool things they said was they had gone to Austin to a conference about a year ago. And they kept seeing all the Keep Austin Weird shirts. Have you ever seen those? I love them. I'm like, that's, I, I, if I could live anywhere else, it would be, be Austin. I'm a Longhorn fan, and I would just love to be there. I just, I, I think it's cool. And uh, so they're like, we saw those Keep Austin Weird shirts. And so the Lord spoke to our hearts. And he's telling us this at lunch, not knowing our testimony. And he's like, we stole it, and we made up shirts for our church because we're a weird church. <laughs> I was like, What? He's like, yeah, we have weird things going on in our church. So we made up shirts that says, keep the Summit Church weird. Yeah. I'm like, I'm stealing your idea. I'm sorry. He's like, what? I was like, well, we had this pr- prophetic word over us that our church was supposed to be weird. And he's like, get out of here. It was like, you know, this connection. And, and I don't want to put a name on a door and not carry the product of what we say we have. So I'm not printing up any shirts until we're weird. 
the weird church. <laughs> where do you go? I, I go down to that weird church. <laughs> That's what we're called, that weird church. <laughs> oh, man. It would definitely be a conversation piece. It would be easier to witness to people and invite them to church. Where do you go? I go to that weird church. What? What do you mean? Well, let me explain to you what weird means. It means supernatural. Exactly. Oh, you all see supernatural stuff? Yeah, you see supernatural stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can't just ha- and that's something that Manny and I have talked a lot about. If it, ha- if it stays in the house, it'll die in the house. If it stays in here on Sundays, it'll die in here. I'll come in on Monday or Tuesday for prayer time and smell the stench of death. I don't want to talk too much longer, but in Acts chapter 8, to make this all official and legal, I have some scriptures, (laughs) but I don't want to read it, um, but in Acts chapter 8, verses 4 through 24, there's a story of Philip and the apostles, and they were laying hands on people and they were being healed. Demons were coming out of them, and then something new started happening. They started laying hands on people, and they were being filled with the Holy Spirit. People would begin to speak in other languages. Strange stuff, weird stuff started happening, more than just the healings and the miracles. And there was this man whose name was Simon, and you know you're... His name was Simon the Sorcerer. It's funny when the Bible names people like, it was Simon, the, the, the witchcraft guy, you know? It's Simon the Sorcerer, the, the, the magic guy. And he could perform miracles too. He lived and people knew him for years as the man who could do magic. He was Simon the Magician. Everywhere he went, he could perform miracles for people and strange things would happen. And so he sees the apostles are starting to infringe upon his territory. (laughs) It's like dueling magicians here. They're like, we're doing stuff, he's doing stuff, and he's getting jealous because they're starting to draw more crowds. And, And people are getting saved, they're being baptized, and they're being healed and delivered and baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so Simon himself gets saved. And he starts following the apostles. And he's still called Simon the sorcerer. So he still does magic. And they all know him as the magic man, right? So he goes up to Philip when they start doing this new thing with the Holy Spirit. And he's like, I can't do that. I will pay you guys money if you will give me the ability to perform that magic trick you're doing where people speak in other languages and all that. That's really cool. I can draw a lot of people. And Philip was like, how dare you try to buy the gift of God? You better repent right now. Or something evil is going to happen to you. <laughs> He's like calls him out, basically. If you don't change your evil intentions in your heart, God is going to show you real magic, you know. But he didn't rebuke him for wanting to perform magic. He rebuked him for wanting to do it for his personal gain. Look, We've been around a long time. A lot of us here can tell stories of of charlatans and people that were phonies and where people did fake things to make legs look like they grew out. We can all come up with our reasons why this stuff can't happen and why God can't use people because people will use it for their authority. But there's something that happens when when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. 
everything you do is to give glory to the Father. So when people are really filled with the Holy Spirit and their lives are surrendered to live with Holy Spirit, to walk with Him, there's no danger of trusting those kind of people because their heart is the same as Holy Spirit's heart. And Holy Spirit came to give glory to the Father. And so when things start happening, when weird things happen, when that person sitting next to you starts doing magic, don't be afraid. The Lord will give us discernment. I know that when, when, when we first came here to the church, we said that we wanted to create a free place. It was one of the, one of the things that Mandy and I talked about before we ever talked about pastoring, is we want a place of freedom. And we knew that when you offer freedom, that there's a chance for people to abuse freedom. But I'm not responsible for what people do with freedom. I'm responsible to create a free place. And I'm not afraid of distractions. I'm not afraid of, of weird things that are not from God. We can handle those things. The Lord's given us the power and authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. So I'm not afraid of the weird, strange stuff. I think one of the things that we said, one of the first things we talked about is, I would rather have to bring some boundaries and say, hey, let's rein it in here, there, and let's, let's be careful than to have to start fires everywhere I go. I would rather there be fires everywhere and us worry about making sure that we stay within our freedom and our boundaries and please the Father than to try to stir up a bunch of boring dead people. Because it's much easier to contain a fire than to start a fire. I mean, how many years did it take man to figure out how to make fire? <laughs> and then how many years did it take him to figure out how to transport fire? But it doesn't take a lot to manage a fire. So let's catch fire. I don't remember if it was Smith Wigglesworth or one of them. He's like, I just want to get caught on fire by the Holy Spirit, and I want people to come watch me burn. And I, I want us to be that way. And I can't, Mandy and I, we can't do church. We can't play church. I would, I would want to just go jump off the bridge. If we just played church, and if I didn't feel like we were making progress, I wouldn't do it, but I feel like we're making good progress. <laughs> I feel like we've, we've really done a good job. I feel like you guys have done a good job of hearing God's voice and responding to him. Now, let's create a world with magic. Miracles and possibilities become possible and dreams come true. How many of you have ever gone to someone and told them a dream you had and they, they rained on your parade? <laughs> you know, Matt and I were even having a conversation earlier that when we come to the Lord, it feels like you have to give up your dreams, you have to give up everything. And we even sing that song, Overtaken, I'm, I'm laying everything aside. And we get the mentality that God is the dream crusher. Or he's the dream catcher. He wants all the dreams to be his dreams. He said he will give us the desires of our heart. 
He wants us to dream. He wants our dreams to come true. You know, Grant, you're not enjoying your job. God wants you to enjoy it. I know she gave a, a prayed that over you when you came up. He, that's his heart for you, is for you to do something you love to do and for you to get paid the way you deserve to get paid. That's God's heart. Kyle's heart is to, to write music. and God's dream for you is the same, same as yours. Patrick, you make music? That's God's gift for you, man. Just go for it. Someday it won't just be a hobby. You'll get so good that people will pay you for your services. I got dreams that are crazy dreams. And they're not mine. But they are mine. Sean, dream big. Dream big. We need more people saying dream bigger than to say, hey, be, be careful. Can the church be a place that says, oh, dream bigger. Go global. Don't just go in the city. Go global with your business. Yeah, we need to be that kind of a church. How many of you know people that they're facing impossibilities? How many of you are facing impossibilities? The scripture verse the kids are going to learn today says, if you have faith as the size of a mustard seed, you will speak to this mountain and say, be removed into the sea and nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing will be impossible for you. There's two scriptures. Nothing is impossible with God and there's nothing impossible to the people that believe in him. So we get on on that. We get in on the impossibilities bowing. When's the last time we saw a miracle? I'm getting very comfortable with, with reconciliation miracles. Because I see them a lot. I really do. We hear about families, marriages, relationships being healed all the time. We hear them all the time. But I don't want to see stuff that I'm not comfortable with happen. Physical healings, legs growing out, new legs, new kidneys forming. Oh, that stuff doesn't happen. Oh, it does happen when people have a value for it. And I'm refusing to live in a world where there's no magic. I choose today that I will not live in a world with no magic. I want my kids to hear Bible stories and say, oh, like God did for us the other day? He did that, and he did like that uh, for us, for our family. Like, we didn't have food, and God gave us extra food. We're like that? Yeah, just like that, son. Just like that. <laughs> I heard a story a couple years ago. They were feeding people, um, feeding the homeless, and they ran out of fish. They were cooking fish for them. And they're like, man, we have way more people show up than we thought. And they said, just keep serving. And they ended up serving like twice as much as they had. God multiplied the fish. God did it. He did it in the Bible. He's the same God. So now when they tell that story, the kids have a personal story to attach themselves to. And it becomes real. It becomes real. And so when you tell a kid anything's possible, the kid believes it because they know. They see it happening. Oh, man, I love it when you tell a kid something and they're like, they just believe it. Right now, uh, earlier, Mark the Magician 
was going around and showing them magic tricks. So your kids hopefully will come home and learn a magic trick. Be able to show you a magic trick. But man, when they see it, they're like, whoa, it's unbelievable. It's awesome. It's so cool. And then what, where's that age when we stop wondering and losing, we lose that wonder and that amazement? Look, we'll see more. We'll see more things happen when we, when we honor the testimony of what has happened and is happening. Listen to me. There's a purposeful, <laughs> there's a reason that we start our services off with testimonies now. Matt called me up, I guess it was a couple months ago, and he's like, man, we got to start services with testimonies. I'm like, I agree with you 100%. We've got to start services with testimonies because we have to treasure what God is doing. We can't just say we do it. We have to treasure what the Lord is doing because when we steward what he's done before and we honor what he did before and what he's doing, then it creates an opportunity for him to do it again. It just does. That's why I love to say testimonies don't have, a, have an expiration date on them. Keep telling your testimony. <laughs> Keep telling it till you get a new one. Annoy all your friends that were, hey, did you hear of a testimony about what God did? Yeah, you've told me like 50 times. Well, I'm going to keep telling it until I have another one to tell you. <laughs> it's so cool. It's so awesome what God did. I'm going to tell this testimony of what happened with this lady at my friend's church, at John's church, of how God took her into glory. And she gets to, I'm going to tell that testimony until I have another one to tell. And then I'm going to tell everybody. And I'm just going to annoy you with my old grandpa testimonies over and over again until I have new ones. I really believe it. I believe there's something to it. That they sat around, the Israelites, this is how they knew God. They sat around at night around the campfire and they told their kids about what God's done for them and is doing for them. Even all the way into the New Testament, I was reading about Stephen and he, he gets his opportunity to preach and he lets go. He goes from all the way in the, the past from Israel and their rebellion and how God was with them through the wilderness and the desert. And he did what Peter did. Yep. On the day of Pentecost, the, the, the Israelites were in rebellion and they tell the whole story and the history of their people. Yeah. And God delivered them and God made their shoes where they didn't wear out and their clothes didn't wear out. And he gave them manna and he gave them a pillar of fire and a cloud to follow. And he did this for them and he delivered them from this person. And they sang songs about Moses' deliverance. And they sat around and told the stories. They didn't want their kids to forget. They didn't want their kids to forget that magic happens. Magic happens. The supernatural happens. It's real. These aren't fairy tales. They're real. And in a Western world of science and education, we've lost our love for magic. We've lost our love for things that wow us that we can't, we can't explain. I love the, the story of the blind man. Again, the blind man. That's his name. <laughs> the blind man. <laughs> the leper. <laughs> the crippled man. The woman with the issue of blood. <laughs> it's like, awesome. Good job, guys. Could have at least done a little background. They weren't, they weren't uh, um, in the media. <clears throat> They're like, hey, what happened to you? He's like, I don't know. I couldn't see before. Jesus prayed for me. Now I can see. I don't know. I can't explain it. All I know is magic happens. Magic happens. I can just see Jesus. Watch this magic trick. I'm going to spit in dirt, make mud, and make a guy be able to see. Do that magic trick. <laughs> you know? 
It's just awesome. I'm going to turn water into wine. And it's going to be the best they've ever had before. I saw a funny joke. Is it okay if we tell a joke now since we're just casual? Guy's driving down the road. And he's got a container in his car. Policeman pulls him over. Says, have you been drinking? He's like, no, that's water in there. He's like, let me see it. It's wine. He's like, Dad, gummit, Jesus did it again. <laughs> Pretty funny. Pretty funny story. Oh. So don't try that if you're driving around with wine in your car. <laughs> Jesus, I don't know. <laughs> like, the, like, like Moses in the bathtub. You know, you've seen the cartoon with Moses in the bathtub. Moses, cut it out. He's part in the bathtub, you know. Oh, magic happens. It's real. It's real. It's real. Habakkuk 3, verse 2. We'll close with this. This is one of my favorite. There was a song, I think CF and I wrote the song years ago. I don't remember who it was. To this this scripture. It's Habakkuk 3, verse 2 and 3. It says, Lord, we have heard of your fame. We stand in awe of your wonderful deeds. Renew them in our day. In wrath, remember mercy. And in our time, make them known. A lot of the prophets said, oh God, where are the miracles of our forefathers? Where is the magic that our forefathers told us about? Where is the supernatural things that we've heard and we've learned about? It? Where is it? Let us see it in our time. Did you know that not one time did God say, how dare you ask for miracles? How dare you ask for the supernatural? Who do you think you are? Every time he answered him with the supernatural. Every time. Supernatural became natural. It became common. Not in a way where, where we treat things that are common. You guys okay? Can we go after this? Can we? Here's the thing. I don't even know what to do. <laughs> Does that scare you? Our leader has no clue what to do. I don't. I, I, I don't. I don't have a plan. Here's how you get magic in your church. I don't know. I don't know. I know that it starts with honoring what he's already done. So I think that's a good place to start. So will you follow me down this road, <laughs> even though I see one step? <sighs> and let's embrace the weird and the supernatural. And let's ask for it and pray for it until we see it. And if it doesn't happen, let's not point a finger at God and say, you don't do that anymore. You must not love me. I must not have done enough. No, no. God, I don't know why this hasn't happened, but I'm going to keep asking until it does. I don't have to understand. I don't have to have a reason. I don't have to ha- you don't have to explain to me why my prayers aren't working. I'm just going to adjust myself because the problem's not on your end. The problem is not on God's end. It's never on God's end. He's a perfect father. And if we will position ourselves as sons and daughters, we'll see everything that he has. We'll see the whole kingdom. It's not just a kingdom of people going to heaven when they die. It's 
the kingdom where miracles happen, impossibles bow to the name of Jesus, and dreams come true. Why don't you pray for your neighbor? Yeah? Oh, Jesus. I want you to pray a really crazy prayer, a weird prayer. Pray that God will do things that freak them out. That God will do things that will make them uncomfortable. Hey, hey, wait, 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 wait. (laughs) Freak them out, make them uncomfortable. That's why he sent the Holy Spirit. He knew we would need a comforter. (laughs) Go for it. Jesus, shake us up. Wake up our busy lives. You can do whatever you want to. Wake up eternal sight. Because heaven is here now. (laughs) It's all around us. Yeah. Heaven is Jesus. Astound us, Lord, with wonder upon wonder. You said you'd do it. You said you would astound us with wonders in the heavens and the earth. That you would astound us with wonder upon wonder. Lord, we're not needing these things to believe you're a good God. We need these things so other people can see how good you are. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Help us, Lord. Oh, do the weird in our lives, God. Make us weird. Make us strange. As we pursue this, God, as we pursue this with our whole heart, I ask that we would be satisfied. Oh, yeah. All right. And because talk is cheap, talk is cheap. I am good at talking. I'm good at talking. I'm professional. Now I want to be a, an action figure. <laughs> I don't want you just to pull a string and me talk. I want to be an action figure. I want to come alive. So we don't need to talk anymore right now. Do you have an impossibility? Does anyone here have an impossibility? We need healing. Come on. Who else has an impossibility? Yeah, impossibility. Who else? You guys have an impossibility. Impossible is nothing. I love Adidas. Impossibility. If you have an impossible thing, stand up. Right where you're at. I want some people to come over here and pray for Olin. Have faith the size of a mustard seed, yeah? Mustard seed. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. We ask for you to invade. We ask for encounters right now. Lord, we ask for the impossible to happen. We have Angela there in the back. She's got her hands up. Someone go to Angela. We had Nick and Nicole. Someone go to Nick and Nicole. 
hey, Jonathan and Lisa, will you guys go pray for Nick and Nicole? That just seems like an appropriate group of people to pray for them. <laughs> just seems appropriate. Yes, Lord, yes. Impossible things to bow in the name of Jesus. We speak over Kyle to the impossibility. We speak over the impossible words that have been spoken over this church to bow to the name of Jesus. Years of negative prophetic words, years of negative uh, voices and, and prophecies over people's lives bow in the name of Jesus. Bow to the name of Jesus. We want to see the impossible bow. Mm. We want to see dreams come true. We ask for dreams to come true, yeah? For miracles to happen. We ask for supernatural healing. Jesus' name. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah. We expect things to have turned around right now. We expect a turning around right now. We expect a shift to take place right now. We connect with what you're doing in heaven. We take authority in the powers and principalities. We release the wisdom and the manifold wisdom of God in the second heaven right now. We release the manifold wisdom of the kingdom of heaven in the second heaven so that it establishes a governing system in the second heaven that affects the first heaven, that affects the earth right now in Jesus' name, on earth as it is in heaven. We speak to thought processes, to, to ideologies, to theologies, to bow in the name of Jesus. Things that are set up against the knowledge of who Christ is. To powers and principalities that are in their wrong place. We command you to, to, to bow to the name of Jesus. Mm. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yeah. You know, Jesus told his disciples, he said, Up until now, you have not asked me for anything. He said, up till now, you haven't even asked me for anything. But there will come a time when you will ask for anything in my name, and it will be given to you for the glory of the Father. Lord, we release that in Jesus' name, that we will begin to ask and keep asking, that we will begin to knock and keep knocking, that we will begin to seek and keep seeking. For everyone who asks, <laughs> we find it. For everyone who seeks, finds. To everyone who knocks, the door is open to him. Yes, Lord. Everyone who asks receives. Lord, we're going to keep it up. We're going to ask, seek, and knock because we're going to receive, we're going to find, and the doors are going to be open to us. The kingdom is going to be open to us. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Lord, we value the supernatural. We increase our value for magic. <laughs> We will not raise the next generation in a world without magic. <laughs> oh, yeah. We embrace what you're asking of us. We embrace the call that you've placed on our church to make Arlington weird. We embrace that call. We say yes to it. We give our lives for this, Lord.
not be satisfied until we see your kingdom on earth. We are action figures. Make us uncomfortable so that we rely on Holy Spirit. Someone pray that with me. Make us uncomfortable so that we rely on Holy Spirit. The Bible says it's not by might. It's not by power. It's by His Spirit. Zechariah 4. Zechariah 4, 6 and 7. It's not by might nor by power. but By my Spirit, says the Lord. And then he goes on, he says, Who are you, O mountain? (laughs) But before me, you will become a plain. And then it says, Do not despise the day of small beginnings. This is all Zechariah 4. It says, You will rejoice when you see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hands. When you see him measuring out, when you see him measuring for expansion, you will begin to rejoice. That speaks of honoring before the, before the fullness comes. It speaks of a prophetic act that we do when we honor the testimony and we honor the word of the Lord that enlarges us as it's spoken. It creates space for His glory to come and rest in that space that was created. Listen to me, this is so important. Me honoring the word of the Lord and honoring the mysteries of the kingdom before I see it manifest, is what creates the space for it to manifest. It's true. Absolutely true. So, as soon as we start being a little bit more weird, we're going to make shirts so that we can back up our claim. Like, I don't want out there, world's greatest hamburger. And everyone's got it out there, and they don't have the best hamburger. I don't want to advertise something we don't have. Can't give away something you don't have. So let's go for it. Will you, will you spend time with the Lord every day? And, and at, not just for yourself. But for those who are to come. And we're about to really shift too in our evangelism. I'm glad she hit on treasure hunts today. Ooh, it's time for us to step out. And, and be weird and just go for it. God sets us up all the time. He puts the golf ball on the tee for us, just waiting. Just waiting for us. Jesus, if you need additional prayer, things haven't changed, things haven't broken through, healing banner, salvation banner, anything in between, there'll be people here at the front. Let's all go after this, but it only takes one. <laughs> Lord, I, I just, I, I pray one more time for our whole church. I pray that you would even speak to those that aren't here. Maybe they're helping with kids or they've got things going on this weekend. I pray that they would begin to feel the pulling that you're pulling on us. <laughs> I pray they begin to feel the same thing even though they're not here. And that we will begin to have a stir for the magic, for the supernatural.
that we'll begin to hunger for it. And I pray that because we're hungry, that we won't try to fill ourselves with anything else. We won't eat just to eat. You said these signs will follow believers. You said that we would do what Jesus did and even greater things. So that's what we want. I give you permission to make our church uncomfortable. Not You need my permission. But you're a gentleman. And so I'm asking you to come wreck us. Always give you honor. Always give you glory. Because it's all yours. In Jesus' name.